0: What's up, I'm B, and whether you are watching this on YouTube or you are listening to the podcast, I hope you are having an amazing day. Today we are reacting to another Brittany Dawn podcast episode, and this episode came up on my radar last week. As many of y'all know, I like to casually peruse the Britney Dawn Snark subreddit I just want to make sure I don't miss anything. So I pop in there from time to time and just take a look around, make sure there's nothing super wild that's gone on or really important that I need to cover, um, and just kind of keep up with shenanigans. And last week I saw a post from someone um, where like my name was in all caps and it was basically saying, like, this podcast episode came out. We're going to need you to cover it because a lot of us prefer to get our Brittany Dawn content filtered through you. And so I saw that I was like, okay, mental note, I'm going to come back, I'm going to make sure I do that podcast episode as soon as I'm done with the 24 hours with from Paul and Morgan. We'll make it happen. And so today in sitting down to make this video, I was thinking about how I was going to want to talk about getting from point A to point B of like, here's what I saw. It was about this episode, and that's why I'm sitting down to react to this episode from Brittany Dawn. And so I went back to look at the post, and I read it, and I read a lot of the comments. They were very, very kind and very nice, and I just want to say a, a massive thank you to everyone who left that positive feedback. It made me really emotional at the time, and I'm getting emotional right now, um... But the comments were just really positive and uplifting and knowing that I put content on the internet that makes you feel that way, that makes you feel like you want to say those things is just really um, cool and, like, humbling and... Kind of knocks the wind out of me a little bit. Somebody even left a comment being like, oh, we all know that we like it. Like we're all saying nice things, but have we made sure that we've gone to the podcast platforms and left her a rating or a review? And then that person put the links in there to the podcast platforms. And I'm like, that is so nice. Like no one has to say anything nice. No one has to leave a rating, a review, a positive comment, a like. like you are not obligated to do any of those things. And um, so the fact that somebody was just like, well, hey, have we done this yet? and put it out there just on their own accord. Um, It's something else. I'm going to wrap this up so I can keep myself together, but I again just want to say a massive thank you first and foremost to anyone who is here watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast just for being here, for sharing a part of your day with me, and for listening to the things that I have to say and engaging with my content. It's incredible that Um, I'm somebody that you want to share part of your day with. And so that, again, like I can't say thank you enough. Thank you for that. And an extra special thank you to the people on Reddit who left those really nice comments on the post asking me to react to this because it was not what I was expecting to see today. (laughs) Like I was like, oh, let me just go back and take a look at that post because I'm going to talk about it. And just seeing all of those comments was like, Whoa, it completely caught me off guard. Um, And it was a really nice thing. So thank you. Thank you, thank you. I cannot say thank you enough. We gotta move on because I'm just gonna keep blubbering. So I'm, I'm deciding, we're moving on. We're gonna do win for the week. If you're new around here, a win for the week is just where you share something positive that happened to you over the past week that you would consider a win, big or small, if it made you smile, if it made you happy, if it made you laugh, if it brought you joy. Whatever it is, I want to hear it and celebrate with you, and if you are watching this on YouTube, you can leave it in the comment section down below, and if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify, you can leave it in the Q&A for this particular episode. I think based on the past few minutes, it's pretty clear what my win for the week is, and I cannot wait to hear yours and celebrate with you. So, let's move on to this podcast episode from Brittany Dawn. It is called Behind Closed Doors, Sexual Sin, and Masturbation with Maddie Hessler. I have a feeling this is going to be a bit of a precarious episode because the description reads as follows. Today's episode is real, powerful, vulnerable, and all about unexplainable healing that we can experience only with God. Our special guest, Maddie Hessler, shares her testimony of how God helped her break free from... And then the sentence cuts off there, but the next paragraph says... Trigger warning, we discussed sexual abuse in this episode, so if that is something you are not ready to listen to, please skip over to the next episode. This episode is for the girl who finds herself struggling with sin behind closed doors and feels as if there's no way out. I hope this leaves you feeling encouraged, hopeful, and serves as a reminder that you are not alone with this secret sin, that God can and wants to deliver you from it. Freedom is on the other side of repentance and surrender. So that's a brief look at what we are in for today. And without any further ado, let's get into the
1: reaction. You turned away from that sin and you were so little. And the moment you realized it was wrong, you stopped. You're
0: listening to Chiseled and Called with Brittany Don, a podcast about finding freedom in imperfection and peace in your broken pieces through Jesus. Our prayer is that today's message will bless you, embolden you, and fix your gaze on the King, that it will stir up the calling God has placed within you. Without further ado, here's your host, Brittany Dawn.
2: Welcome to the Chiseled and Called podcast. I am your host, Brittany Dawn, and y'all, we are officially in 2024. I can't believe it. It feels like 2020.
0: I know that a lot of YouTubers and podcasters will do this same thing where they take something from within the middle of an episode. They put it out the front. It's to hook you in, to make you be like, oh my gosh, you won't believe what happens when we get to that part of the episode. It's wild. You'll want to stick around. But that was very jarring. Her crying being like, you were so young and you realized it was a sin and you turned away and being very serious then the intro music, then her being like, y'all, it's 2024. I, I don't know whether I'm coming or going right now.
2: Went by so fast. We are diving into a rather weighty topic today, just a heads up, but it's honestly one that needs to be discussed far more often than it is. My incredible special guest today, Maddie Hessler, is real, raw, and vulnerable about her testimony and all that the Lord has done in her life. We are jumping into the discussion. Of masturbation and sexual sin. I do want to preface that sexual abuse is lightly discussed in this episode, so if that is something that you might feel overwhelmed by or you're triggered by, please, please, please feel free to skip this episode and go on to the next one. I truly believe that the Lord is going to break off so many strongholds for women that are listening today, and so without further ado, let's hop in. Welcome Hi. to the Chiseled and Called podcast, Maddie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am so good. I'm so excited for this interview podcast episode slash whatever you want to call it. Um, I just feel like this is going to be a a message that resonates with a lot of women and men. If there's any man, man listeners, I just said that really weird. I am like known for like mixing words up and saying things incorrectly. It's just part of me at this point. Um, But I do I do think that this is going to be a beautiful um, just chit chat hangout, girl Mm -hmm. chat, girl talk. Um, But before we dive in, why don't you share a little bit about yourself?
0: Yeah. So I'm glad we're going to get to hear more about Maddie from Maddie, but I did look into her a little bit before I started recording and she has about 129,000 followers on Instagram and she does have a podcast. It seems like a lot of her branding and what the focus of her podcast is, is intentional motherhood. That's really kind of the only vibe that I got from looking through not only her main feed, but then the podcast feed. So I wasn't really able to find out a lot about her views or maybe some things that like make her unique other than her being her own individual person with a story. Um, I didn't necessarily see any red flags. I did not spend a ton of time looking, so I didn't like go all the way back to the beginning of her uh, Instagram feed. But I spent like five minutes looking through and it just seems to be a lot about like Again, being an
1: intentional mom. So I don't know. We'll see what she has to say. Thanks, Maddie. I am married now four years um, to my best prayer answered, I like to call him. Um, I have a daughter. She is 10 months growing up so fast. And um, I'm super passionate about all things motherhood. But I would say in specific, like intentional motherhood. And how each mom, like intentionality within motherhood is not a one size fits all. Mm -hmm. So what's intentional to one mama may be totally different than another, but it's so important that we support each other through that. Because I think now being in motherhood, it can be a lonely place if we don't choose connection with other moms.
2: Wow. That's so interesting because I'm obviously not on... That side of things yet. And I'm always like talking about how the season before the answered prayer, because for us, we're we're praying to conceive. And um, I'm always talking about how that can feel like a lonely season. So it's really interesting to see that even on the other side, if you're not intentional and stewarding, you know, your friendships and your relationships and even your marriage, that it can also feel isolating at times. So that's so interesting. I love that you have become so passionate about this because I think especially in the Christian realm there's not enough of that. I think there needs mm-hmm. to be more people speaking about the hard and the heavy things, not yeah. just what looks cute on social media and what's yeah. shiny and bright and sweet. Like motherhood is tough. It's it is. it's sacrificial. I mean, we've we've gotten a little taste of it through foster care. Mm-hmm. Um it's you are putting yourself last.
0: For like the 2 weeks that you did foster care. I'm sorry. I <laughs> I'm going to, um, be intentional about the things that I say. But, um, when she first started responding to Maddie talking about like, oh, intentional motherhood is really important to me and like building a community because it can be really lonely. And Brittany was automatically like, oh, well, I'm not a mom yet, but I'm trying to be a mom. And this is really lonely. It's the season before the answered prayer. And that's really lonely. So it's interesting to know that it's also lonely when you're a mom. And in my head, I was like, of course, moms are lonely. Like, Are you not paying attention? That was my first like gut reaction. But then I thought, okay, you know, maybe she doesn't have a lot of like mom friends who are vulnerable, who share that with her. Everybody's life experience is different. What you're exposed to is different. So I'm like, okay, maybe Brittany hasn't like been exposed to that concept very frequently. She doesn't really have a lot of friends who are parents. There's Farron and Christy, but They spend like all of their time together anyway, so maybe they don't have like that loneliness issue because they're around each other, they have friends, maybe that's not something that they particularly struggle with. So I was like, you know what, B? you can't just be like, how, how could you not have thought about moms being lonely before? Maybe that's not something that's on her radar. Maybe it's not something she's experienced. Okay, taking a step back. And then she gets to be like, well, I experienced that with foster care. With your two short-term placements, if this were anyone else, I wouldn't have a thought about it. Like, I would not have a judgment on how long anyone did or did not do foster care for or how many placements they took or anything like that. If it was somebody else who had done two short-term placements and then never fostered again, I would just be like, they realized that it, it wasn't for them. It wasn't a good fit. They tried it. They thought that they could do it. And then maybe it ended up just being too hard to say goodbye or they realized, like, I... I emotionally don't want to do this. Like I don't want to spend my time caring for these short-term placements, which sounds awful to say out loud, but it is important to know like your own capacity and um, the things that you are capable and willing of doing. Again, anyone else who did two short-term faster placements and then did not take another one, anybody else, I have no opinion. I have no thoughts on that. You have to do what's best for your life. But with Brittany, the timing in which she did foster care, the way she talked about it, the way she claimed she was a foster mom before they were even licensed to do foster care, um, the way she posted about the first child that was in their care, the way that she thought it was so ha 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 hilarious that she put a pot of potpourri on the stove, didn't add any water into it, turned the stove on left, went out to the garage, did a workout, came back inside and was like, oh my God, it smells like smoke. And the baby was in the, in its crib sleeping. All of those things. That's suspicious. I have an issue with those things. And so for her to be like, well, yeah, I experienced some of that when we were doing foster care. Did you, did you really experience putting yourself last? Cause it seemed like a lot of what you did in that time was pretty self-serving in my opinion we are not even five minutes into this episode and I am heated
2: and you're putting everyone else in your life before you. And Mm -hmm. I think that's beautiful that you get to talk about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we had, we've connected on Instagram, which we've followed Mm -hmm. each other for quite some time and it has been really sweet. I just want to say like watching the Lord answer that prayer. Cause I believe you guys were trying to have a baby for years, right? Well, we were
1: trying and we actually like, you experienced, um, walk through a miscarriage and, um, yeah, it, nothing can prepare you for that, especially Mm -hmm. when it's been a desire
2: on your heart for so many years. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really sweet to see this answered prayer, this little miracle. Mm -hmm. What's, uh, what Mm -hmm. is your daughter's name? Her name is Atara. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that. And I love the unique yeah. names. I always tell Jordan when we have a baby that we're going to name our son or our daughter something really unique. Like, I don't want that. I like, love that. Because my name is Brittany. I'm like, every other girl in my school had the name Brittany. Like, that was like the name in the 90s. And yeah. so I'm like, I just really want something that's not as cliche <laughs> for yeah. my kids. Um, but yeah, we connected on Instagram and we kind of started talking about our testimonies. Um, So I just want to kind of give you the space to maybe share the parts of your testimony that you feel like the Holy Spirit's highlighting and um, we'll just go from there.
1: Yeah. So I, um, I think like every other woman, I would say, Mm -hmm. and I can confidently say that now that I've heard enough women's testimonies um, navigated, a pretty heavy season, long season of sexual sin in my mm-hmm. life. Um, and that all stemmed from something that we have in common. Yeah, And, um, when I was really young, I ex- like figured out my body mm-hmm. and started, I would say like experimenting is what a lot of people
0: would call it. But I, I yeah. Okay, so I went back and listened to the beginning of that sentence and she says that she can confidently say that every woman has experienced something similar to her in that they have all experienced a long, dark history of sexual sin. And I think that that's kind of a a weird thing to put on other people. Like that's, I, I don't know, maybe she's trying to take the approach where... Um, it's more like, hey, a lot of people um, tend to like struggle with things in private, especially when it comes to something that organized religion tends to make you feel shameful for. And so for me, I'm going to say I struggled with this and I think so many other women have and I've heard other people's experiences. And so if you struggled with this, you're not alone. Like maybe she's trying to be relatable and like make people not feel bad about whatever their experience may be. But that's like, Acting on a, a million and one presumptions. I do know that a lot of women have been made to feel ashamed for certain decisions that they have made, the way that their body looks, the way that they're dressed, like there is a ton of shame heaped onto women. And so that does need to be discussed openly and dismantled. But it, it's just kind of catching me off guard a little bit to be like, every woman has struggled with a a deep and dark, long history of sexual sin. Again, just like a little bit presumptuous and kind of a weird way to start off this podcast, like telling about your experience. It's almost like instead of her saying, here's what I went through and here's my story, I wanna share it openly, and if it helps you in any way, amazing. She kind of starts off with, well, I know everyone else has struggled. I know so many other women have also struggled and they had this bad history and I'm, I'm convinced every other woman has gone through this. So, having said that, let me tell you my
1: side <laughs> like it just it just catches me off guard a little bit i don't know i I honestly want to say that uh, yeah, I fell into masturbation really young, mm-hmm. okay. and there was a lot of shame, yeah. like a shame loop that happened um. And that led to many, many, many years of sexual sin, um, that being issues with porn, Mm -hmm. um, sleeping around in high school and college, Mm -hmm. um, and thankfully, by the grace of God, um, when I was intentional about who I wanted to spend the rest of my life with, and I really prayed about it. And I surrendered it to the Lord. Uh, He led me to my now husband. Um, And that, like in meeting my husband, has been such a healing journey for me that he has helped me walk through um, and has had so much grace for me along the way and, um, has been so encouraging, which I know is not every woman's story. Yeah. Um, like even, okay, let me say this one thing. I'm going to get it out of the way
0: now. That way I don't have to add caveats after every single thing I say for the rest of this episode. I do not care what anyone does with their body. I don't care as long as it is consensual, safe and healthy. It's none of my business, right? Okay. Putting this out there. You do you as long as you are not hurting yourself or someone else. I have my own opinions on what is prudent to do um, and what is appropriate to do as a Christian. Those beliefs are a little bit more progressive than Brittany Dawn's and what I would assume Maddie's are. Um, but everyone is entitled to have their own opinions on things. Everyone's entitled to have their own viewpoint to... Um, consider certain things appropriate or inappropriate. I am not here to convince anyone to believe the same things that I believe. I'm not here to be like, well, you shouldn't feel bad about masturbating as a kid, because that's how she feels. That is her opinion. That's her experience. That's how she feels. Okay, so I've said it. It's out there. Disclaimer given. But I do think it's a little bit of a dramatic leap to go from exploring my own body led me to doing things that are against my religion and morally make me feel bad now that I think about them, such as sleeping around and consuming porn. In my opinion, it's not like an automatic connection.
1: Before this podcast, I like went to him and I'm like, hey, can you just like pray over me? Because there's some things that I'm going to be talking about that I've never spoke about publicly before. And, um, you know, he asked me some details and I told him and he was just like, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. And not a day goes by that I'm not like thank you Lord for yeah. for like showing your loving grace through him. And I thank him for being obedient enough to let the Lord do that, you know. Yeah. Um and so that's like the main gist of my story is it controlled my life mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, for so many years and um I think since becoming a mother I have I really feel like the Lord, it's been a refining season for me, like Mm -hmm. really uh, facing the things that I feel shame about, because I want to do that healing, not only for me, but for my family, for my daughter, you know, Um, so that I can set an example of what it looks like to allow the Lord to heal those areas that inevitably we're going to feel shame for because we're human and we make mistakes.
2: Yeah. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. It, it yeah. is very, um, very vulnerable and uncomfortable okay. to let people into that part of your life. That was secret for so long. That's how I felt. Mm-hmm. So for me, I actually, um, I I had this revelation back in January of this year. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if this is going to go live in 2023 or 2024 yet. So maybe by the time this is up on my channel, it'll be a year or so, a year ago. And um, I was actually at our Sheila's Fried Retreat. And one of the girls there opened up and shared her testimony. And it was in in this arena of Mm -hmm. masturbation and sexual sin. And I was sitting there listening to her testimony. And it started at such a young age. And every time she shared a part of her story, I found myself saying, that's me. Like, that was me as a kid. That was me at six years old. That was me at eight years old. That was me at 10 years old and 15. And, and I, it was so much to process because I had never heard anyone else share that they struggled with that at such a young age, um, that I had to pull my team into a room, into one of the, the leadership rooms, like the green room in our cabin and, sit there and process it with them because it just felt like this. It wasn't heavy, but it was just like, I'm not alone. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not the only one that struggled with this. Cause it does, it feels so shameful and so isolating and you feel mm-hmm. like something's wrong with you. And you're like, why did this happen to me at such a young age? And for me, I was, um, I, I mean, I guess some would say it was sexual abuse the the person that did this to me at such a young age, like it was, it was innocent, but it still happened. And it still, Mm. um, caused a lot of chaos in my life moving forward. And so I don't necessarily like to say it was sexual abuse, if that makes sense, like, even though it was. Um, and so, yeah, like having, someone else share their testimony helped free me and then like helped me find the boldness to come out and share my story about this and say like there's freedom to be found in the cross like jesus wants to set the captive free because for me it did it it literally consumed my life so much and
0: okay before Brittany goes on i do think it's important to just clarify that Brittany is referring to her first sexual encounter the details of which we do not have many but we have a general understanding that this kind of exposure to intimate touch from from my understanding um happened between her and a friend her own age now if Brittany felt uncomfortable scared didn't want to do it of course like that that is objectively something that was done her or that she experienced against her will and it very well could have been something traumatic for her but I do think it's important for you to say like maybe this is me being really ignorant and insensitive and if it is please tell me because I I don't want to be like that I don't want to be somebody who is like hard-headed and just says like well this is my opinion so it's right because that's not the reality but Um, I think when you talk about being um, sexually abused at a very young age, that tends to paint a certain picture in someone's head, which in this case is not indicative of what Brittany experienced. And you can kind of like pinpoint to her saying like, well, it was innocent, but it was sexual abuse. Like, I don't know. This is just one of those things where um, sexual abuse is such a traumatic and personal experience. And so, um, again, if Brittany was uncomfortable with what happened between her and her friend, of course, she has every right to feel that way. But it does seem to me like maybe there's some conflation going on. And that's why we don't necessarily get the details. And maybe there's um, a motive behind her speaking the way that she's speaking, but she knows that she still has to make sure it aligns with the things that she said previously. So she's like, well, I mean, it was innocent, but it was still this. So ugh, like I feel totally uncomfortable speculating or like having an opinion on the way someone described something that was... Um, A negative experience for them especially in this realm but it's brittany dawn so like we have to we have to kind of like point out and talk about those discrepancies
2: like so many aspects of it were just dark and isolating and controlling and um i'm not gonna lie like there were so many parts of even my miscarriage that I'm like was this due and and we obviously know it's not. I'm just being super honest right now cuz yeah. I know someone needs to hear this. Like there were parts of my miscarriage when I was going through that last year that I was like is this because of my past sexual sin? Cuz at that point like I had been freed from masturbation. I think I've been freed from that for almost 2 years, praise God. Mm-hmm. But it's still it's still there sometimes and mm-hmm. I'm still like is this me? Is this something that I did? Is this something that you know, I still need to repent for. And so um, I just think it's so beautiful that more women are coming out and speaking about this because it it's not talked about enough. And I...
0: Okay, I just have to straight up say it. If you experience a miscarriage or anything else that is hard or awful or traumatic in your life, it is not a punishment for something that you've done wrong. I thought Brittany was going to be like no, this miscarriage was not as a result of my past sexual sin because that's not who God is. Um, But instead she was like, well, because, and I knew it wasn't that because I'd been free from masturbation for two years. So not where I thought she was going to go with it. Had to interject
2: there. I know that we're not the only women that have struggled with that. And I know that even the girl that helped set me free from this, like she's not the only one. And I know there's so many kids right now that are just like us that are in that place and they don't understand. And it's just so, um, when I look back at my life, it was just like the enemy to come in and do that. It wasn't God's desire. Like he stole so much of my innocence from me at such a young age because it did. It also led to pornography and, and that, you know, led to broken relationships and sleeping around and promiscuity. And we, you know, we could sit here and rattle off all the things that that one thing at such a young age spurred on. And yeah, it's just, thank you. Sorry, that was super long winded. (laughs) But I'm like, I, you're not alone. And um, when you were sharing yours, I was getting a little emotional too. I'm like, dang, like, this is really such a, a deep sin, that you feel like you live in shame and bondage for so long. And it's such a beautiful thing to be on the other side of that.
0: That was a Hazel
1: and Lane ad. I cut it out. You're welcome. It is. Uh, and something you said, like, this is like so vulnerable for me to talk about. Um, and I knew I was going to get super emotional, but. So in your experience, I have some questions. So like yeah. in your experience with that at a young age, you said you know, was it like a playhouse type of thing with your friend? And then yeah. it led to that happening to you.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. yeah.
1: And even though you're saying like it was innocent, it was consensual. And mm-hmm. it, really, it also was like, what was that? Yeah. You no. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, tell
2: me, tell me more about like your personal experience with that. And then I can, I can go from there. Yeah. It was a, it was one of my friends. It was a girl. Um, and yeah, same. we were at her house and that was the one and only time I ever went to her Mm -hmm. house, which, Mm -hmm. um, my parents love the Lord. And so I don't know if they picked up on something and they just got that discernment and they were like, she's never going back there. Um, but that was the only time I ever went to this girl's house. And yeah, it happened to me at a young age, six years old. We were in her bedroom playing with like, I mean, like Barbies and horse, horse Barbies, like just being little girls, nothing. It was super innocent. And then before I knew it, something like she was showing me something and one thing led to another and something, I was feeling something that I had never felt. And I was like, Mm. what is this? And Mm -hmm. that spurred curiosity, which then led to me doing things at a young age to myself. And like you said, Mm -hmm. experimenting and it just, it's such an icky feeling. Um, But it was, it was, I was so young and I didn't know any better. And like, it makes you want, just like you said earlier, it makes you want to heal. My voice sounds so raspy. Sorry, I need to drink water. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay, let's separate the conversation a little bit from Brittany's personal experience because again, not telling her how to feel or what to think. But I think that it is pretty developmentally healthy for children to experience their own bodies to like, be like, what's down there? I'm curious and to want to explore. And I don't think that that should be something that is seen as shameful or should have the label of yucky on it. If again if Britney felt that way about her exploring herself because it was spurred on by the incident with her friend has every right to feel that way. I personally think that shame begets shame. And when you are doing something that you feel is shameful, it might lead you to make other choices that make you feel even worse than you already did because feeling bad about yourself and feeling like you're making wrong choices and you're dirty for the things that you've done leads to low self-esteem which leads to a pattern of like well why should i care like why should i care what i do why should i think about these things i'm just going to do whatever and if it makes me feel bad well i already feel bad so that's fine like i i think that we should have a conversation of children are curious and it's okay as long as we help like as parents i'm not a parent but like as people who are parents as long as you help them enforce healthy boundaries around that. I have limited experience in this with my time as a kinship foster parent and also being an aunt to a lot of little ones, but I think it is super important to start having those conversations really young about your body and privacy and what's appropriate in public and what's appropriate to do in your bedroom by yourself when no one else is around and um, having boundaries for your own body and having boundaries for other people touching you. And who's okay to help you go to the bathroom if you need some help? Who do we trust? What are the names of the people that we trust to help us in certain situations? Just like having those conversations and being open, I think is super, super important. And the younger you start having those conversations, in my opinion, the better.
2: <laughs> um, my, it, it makes you want to heal for your future kids because- yeah you don't want them to ever experience what you went through. And it's like, I don't want to be a helicopter mom one day. (laughs) But also I'm like, we live in a broken world. And like, when you've been through the stuff that we have both been through as young kids, like you want to be that much more protective of Mm -hmm. who they're around, who they're spending their time with. Because mine was like, I think I was over there for like three hours. Like it was just a like drop me off. Let me hang out for a little bit. Mom's going to come pick me up. Cause I was too, I was like six. I didn't want to be away from home. I got got homesick, you know? Um, and to see how fast something happened and how that literally completely changed the trajectory of my life Mm -hmm. for what I now know to be like 20 years, 22 years, something like that. Mm -hmm. Like that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: I, um, And we can you can decide uh, what parts of this you want to share in the podcast. But I um, came at it from the other point of view, actually, where I don't even I I don't think I've allowed myself to go back to really reflect on how it started. Mm -hmm. When was the first time like what happened? But I was very young. I was like five. It was like from five to like six, six and a half years old. Um, that this was happening. And it was occasional, but it would be like, me playing house with my friends. And uh, like the enemy is trying to stop me right now. Um, Mm. And it like, I would like do it on my friend's leg or something, you know, Mm -hmm. and I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea. But I remember I was like six, because I remember I was still in my pink bedroom. And that's how I know about the age that I was. I was like six and a half years old. And I couldn't fall asleep. And I was just like pacing my room and I felt sick to my stomach. And what I now know, that was my first experience with like true conviction Mm. from the Holy Spirit. And uh, I like had to go into my mom's room hadn't happened in a while but I had to go into my mom's room and tell her what I had been doing with my friends Wow! and even though every time it was like consensual like they were like let's play house let's do this and it was always me doing it Mm -hmm. I now that I've really walked through healing around it like I can't help but like think did I And I've had to give this to the Lord, but I'm like, I'm so deeply sorry to those women. Like, Mm. do I reach out to them? Did I cause, like, trauma Mm. for them? You know. And even though, like, I've had to remind myself, like, I was so young. Yeah. Like, I had no idea. And from the day I told my mom, I never did it on a friend again. Yeah. Um, I would do it like in privacy myself. But yeah, man, I. I lived with that for so many years, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was so painful, because I felt this deep, deep, deep guilt for what I did. Wow. And I've never like, I've told close friends who like the Lord has led me to tell, but I've like never. And I've told my husband, actually, like, two years ago, now I told my husband, because I was reading this book by um, one of my mentors jenny donnelly and um i was reading this book that she wrote with other women called wounded wombs and it's about how the enemy is after our womb in so many different ways um, especially with all
0: before she goes into that um i'm all for people being open honest vulnerable i think vulnerability is underrated and something that um can help a lot of people feel less alone if people are just like honest and saying like, I'm struggling with this. This is what I'm going through. Um, but that sounds like something to maybe unpack with a therapist, maybe something to work through with a, a mental health professional and not even in a judgmental way, but just in a way that if, if you are still struggling so um, deeply that it is bringing you to tears with the thought that you might have harmed someone else reach out like ask for help go to therapy talk it out and see what they recommend I I don't know what's recommended in that situation like I I wouldn't know what to tell her and I don't think Brittany would know what to tell her either that seems like something that would be best worked through with a professional
1: forms of like sexual sin and lust and all these things and he's after us from a young age and I read it and even though there wasn't like an exact story to mine I Mm -hmm. felt like I can come clean about this to my husband. Wow. And I remember telling him, and I was like, like I am now I was like shaking. And I knew that was the enemy trying to keep me silent. And I just like fought through it. And he just like held me it was like, it's okay. Like you were so young, you Mm -hmm. know, like you didn't, you didn't know what you were doing. And I was just like, I feel like I need to like, Reach out to these women, and he's like, Well, you should pray about that, but just know that, like, you turned away from that sin and you were so little. And the moment you realized it was wrong, you stopped, yeah. And you just pray that the Lord can, regardless of if you decide to confront those women or not, you just pray that the Lord will carry them through that healing, yeah, if they need it, you know, even though, like I said, it was very. It's a bit of an odd choice to
0: use the word "confront" in this context, um, saying whether or not you choose to confront those women. It's interesting. I think a lot of people probably have experiences of like playing house or like playing boyfriend and girlfriend with their friends when they're younger, and obviously, people feel different ways about it as they've gotten older. But I think it's interesting that she said she felt so guilty about it that she went and talked to her mom, and I just wonder what what maddie's mom said when she told her about that and how that may or may not have impacted how she felt about herself and her actions going forward sporadic here
1: and there type thing it still was just
2: oh it was bondage i uh there's so much i want to say um (sighs) holy spirit just to go back like to, to your passion about motherhood too. Like, I fully believe that the intentional motherhood journey you're on is because you had such, um, the, the secret sins that we both struggled with at such such Mm -hmm. a young age. Um, one thing that I've always been told, and again, I'm a mom, but like my babies are in heaven. Um, I've always been told that, The moms who are afraid they're going to be bad moms are the ones who are great moms because they're so aware of their childhood and their trauma. And they're so willing to go on their own healing journey with the Lord Mm -hmm. and not let that spill over into how they parent their children. And I just, I see that for you. Like I see your passion and your willingness to be vulnerable and heal Mm -hmm. through what was probably the hardest thing you've ever come out and talked about. Um, yeah. I know it was for me, um, because you just, you don't know what people are going to say. And yeah, just, I, I can't help but think that the Lord is, he's bringing all this up at such an intentional time because mm-hmm. of your precious baby girl. And you're going to be the most incredible mother to her when
0: I'm trying to kind of like follow the flow of that conversation. Cause I know Brittany threw in a segue of, um, Like, you know, they say that people who are worried about being a good mom and people who have gone through tough things are are the ones who make the best moms. And so that's why I know that you are going to be, and you already are such an amazing mom, but it just feels a little bit disjointed. Like, I'm not sure how that works in a natural flow of conversation, but we'll get back to it. My husband did just text me that dinner's ready. So I'm going to go eat and then I'll be back. All right, I'm back. I've got a full belly and I am ready to finish this strong
2: she's our age and younger, like all the seasons of life that come with, you know, girlhood. And I just, I just applaud you. I I know it's hard. And I also know that you finding the courage to share this is setting someone free that's listening. Yeah. And, um, it's also going to encourage them to dig a little deeper with the Lord and ask my yeah. like, God, can you expose this? Like, can you help me uproot this. Cause that's ultimately what yeah. deliverance is. And, and finding that freedom is it's uprooting what's taken seed in our heart. And, um, yeah, for me, it's, it, it was an ugly process. I actually, so in January when I found out and I had that like, aha revelation moment, I processed it with my friends and my team, but I needed to process it with my husband. And mm-hmm. we got back to our, our room that night and I just wept and I cried mm-hmm. with him and I was like, I, I just, it was like word vomit. <laughs> mm-hmm. It just came out and I couldn't, I couldn't stop it. And I, looking back, I know that was the Holy spirit, like helping set me free from yeah. the secret sin that I had never told anyone. And I was then telling, you know, the person that I'm one flesh with. And Mm -hmm. so I think to anyone that's like maybe even listening and and feel free to step in at any moment, um, that has had this secret sin and they've never told anyone like your safest place is almost always going to be your spouse. For me, it Mm -hmm. is. And I know that that's not the case for everyone. Um, but if that is your safe place, like I would encourage you to tell, tell your spouse and, Mm -hmm. and just sit them down and, pray about it before, um, ask the Lord to, to give them, you know, him or her, if it's a guy listening or a girl listening, like ask the Lord to give your spouse the mind to understand and the ears to listen and the words to speak at the right time, because it is a very heavy thing. And yeah, I don't know.
0: Popping in for a quick second to say good disclaimer of if your spouse is a safe place to be vulnerable, then sit them down and tell them. I know she started off by saying like, for everybody, your safest place is going to be your spouse. And then she was like, well, I know that that's not the case for everybody, but if it is. So there was a little bit of a kind of self-correction there. In any case, I do appreciate the um, the disclaimer.
2: If there's anything you want to add to that?
1: It's, yeah, it um it is, especially when it's left, for the most part, unhealed and leads to all of the other things. Yeah. Yeah. And you now have that, like you said, aha moment of looking back, and like it all stemmed from that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm. then, yeah, like the leading to pornography, I mean, I was still young and I didn't ask to be shown how to access it. I didn't ask to be shown it. Um, It was kind of brought up as a joke in a way. Yeah. Um, But clearly, and it was by women. Mm-hmm. I was I think in eighth grade, um, wow. but clearly they were accessing that website,
0: so by women or by girls and other teens. again, just like kind of important when we're talking about something of such a sensitive nature to make sure we're choosing
1: our words carefully. it um, And it was actually i don't I don't know if you experienced this, but it was actually like female on female. Mm-hmm. um and for some reason, I think that was the most attractive to me because they understood each other's bodies mm-hmm. better. It felt like, um, and yeah, cause I explored with like male and female porn and things like that, but it led to mainly women like female porn. And, um, though that's the website that they showed me that literally I was held hostage to and in bondage to yeah. for like what 12 plus years yeah um around 10 years and um I remember like walking through it with my husband and being like like all of these things that happened in my life stemmed from like playing house and Mm -hmm. like experiencing masturbation at a very young age and the shame from that led to Another action that caused shame, and another, and another. And then all of a sudden, I have this bondage to porn. And then that leads to me being curious and having sex with guys in high school, and then leading to a lot of sexual sin in college. And I think for me, it's like, I hope that the women that and men who listen to this, like not only come clean Mm -hmm. to the Lord um, and repent of of those sins, but talk to their spouse and then also have the courage to like have the conversation with your kids when you deem appropriate. And obviously I think at certain ages, things are explained a little different. And then Mm -hmm. as kids mature, the conversation matures. Um, But that's my hope in this is that like, my obedience, not only is continued breakthrough for me and for my family, but that it's for so many other people that feel isolated in this sin.
2: Yeah, that's so good. It's so true. I mean, hearing you say like the the doors that it opened with pornography, that's so real. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think most, unfortunately, I think more people our age, because we're probably around the same age. I feel like more people our age and our generation that have had a porn addiction, they were exposed at a very young age. um, Mm -hmm. Because something
0: that I find interesting is that she explained the concept of feeling shame and then doing things which led to more shame. And initially, the phrase that popped into my head was being in a prison of your own making. But I don't think that that's an accurate Description of the cycle that she was trapped in. I think it's more a prison of organized religion's own making, where um, it, it sounds like, from what she said and what Brittany has explained, is that they grew up in Christian households and probably had pretty significant influence from organized religion or the church that their family went to. And so I just wonder if the environment that they grew up in led to them feeling like anything to do with their bodies were inherently shameful and they couldn't be honest about those things and they couldn't still be good, healthy, worthy people if they did things that the church made them feel shame about. Just like pure speculation, pure curiosity, because that's kind of what it sounds like to me, but of course I wasn't there, so I don't know. I do know that shame is a corrosive element and I think that organized religion relies on it far too often and frankly that they use it to um, control people in the congregation is, I've said this before, like if you can make somebody feel bad about their body, like inherently that their body is wrong or bad, imagine how much control you can have over their mind and their actions. Like if you make them feel like the thing Like the physical manifestation of who they are is something shameful or something bad. You have a lot of power. And so I do appreciate that they are coming on here and speaking mostly openly and just saying like, these are things that I'm embarrassed of or that I felt shameful about. And here's like kind of the path in life that I took. And I do think that this was in correlation to these things. Again, I don't know that exploring your own body as a child or like, playing house automatically leads to multiple other negative outcomes in the way that they're presenting that it does, but that's their experience. So, um, you know, I, I appreciate them being willing to talk about things that maybe a lot of, um, religious influencers wouldn't feel super comfortable talking about publicly. I know that there are, there are, um, like I think of Kristen Clark, poor Kristen. I mean, I don't Not a huge fan of her, but my God, that poor girl is just so repressed. Um, I I do feel bad for her whenever she talks about um, her own stories with masturbation, her own experience. And obviously we have Morgan Oligus talking about having sex before marriage. So we see it like we, we do see Christian influencers talking about it, but frankly, the more the better because... Um, A lot of churches that, I mean, Brittany and I have a few years between us, but, you know, kind of growing up within the same decade, um, a lot of churches growing up were not super open about those things. And um, there was, again, a lot of like secrecy and shame. So while I have an issue with, I don't even want to say an issue. While I have some qualms with some of the things that they're saying or like the ways that they're presenting them, I do want to say like i i appreciate that they're trying they're giving it the old college try and they're doing what they think is helpful they're, they're sharing something that they think will be helpful to other people
2: of again the seeds that the enemy's been planning in us as kids and yeah. thank god for like the way that the lord pursues us and i thank him every time like Thank you, Lord, for being so patient and so forgiving because, I mean, I look back on all the times. I mean, it was like daily bondage for me, if I'm being honest. It was daily bondage for me. And I lived, I mean, most of my 20s, I I lived by myself so I could get away with it. And it was easy to hide that sin. I didn't have anyone holding me accountable. And... Just yeah, it's so I, I love that you shared that. Um it is so real. And then in that for me, when I was struggling with pornography, it was the same thing. And that like the 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 female and mm-hmm. it made me question at some point. I remember the the enemy using it to make me question my sexuality. Yeah. And that's, I've actually talked about that. Um, Emily Robbie, I don't know if you know her absolutely adore her. Um, she's also an influencer and we've had a, a route, we had a really good podcast episode about pornography and, and the dangers of that and how it can quickly and and swiftly, um, like manipulate your sexual identity. And it it did for, I I never, I I was always attracted to guys, but like for a season, it made me question, am I also attracted to females? And now mm-hmm. I'm like, that's such a lie from the pit of hell. And it can go right back mm-hmm. to where it belongs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was because I had opened that door with pornography. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like even just saying that and hearing you say that, that set someone free. because I'm like, no, you're mm-hmm. not, you're not, ad- you're not attracted to the, op- to the same yeah. sex. That's, that's yeah. the enemy coming in into. Try-
0: <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, that just scared the heck out of me. My door isn't shut all the way, and so my dog um, used her head to pop that door open and run in here, and it caught me off guard. It was a little bit spooky, but um, that that gave us a chance to pause and kind of talk about what Brittany's messaging is here. Basically, one of the things that really kind of like stuck out to me was her saying that Um, looking at porn made her question her sexuality. And then she realized that that was a lie straight from the pits of hell. This is a multi-layered conversation to have. And I'll just put it out there. I don't consume porn. I don't think that it is morally right for me to participate in the consumption of porn. And so I don't do it. I do believe that, um, people who create porn should be treated with respect. I think that they should work in safe environments. I think that they should be like ad- consenting adults. I think that they have a right to like safety and protection while they are doing their job. And so um, I'm very much like if if you're going to consume porn, please make sure that you're consuming ethical porn. Like that's, that's my, one request my input on anything related to that. But other than that, like I, I don't watch it. And so I can't be like, oh, well, it didn't have a negative impact on your life because it's something that I, I don't participate in. Moving on from that though, her saying that it made her like question her sexuality and that that was a lie straight from the pits of hell. I would just love for her to elaborate more on that because I do have a lot of questions. Um, I wonder what her stance on like sexuality is. Whether it is something you are innately born with, or if it's something that, um, you know, if you're if you're not heterosexual, it means you're in need of deliverance. And I would assume that it's probably the latter. I have heard them talk about how they're so willing to befriend gay people, and like, yes, of course you can sit at our table. I don't, I don't I don't, think that gay people would feel safe having a seat at your table. I think that they would be completely terrified of how you would treat them and judge them, um, especially when they were not in your presence. But anyway, uh, there was a conversation that they had about that where one of the girls had said, like one of Brittany's friends, either Farron, Kelly, or Emma, had said that they knew a pastor who became really close with like a lesbian couple. And then at some point, the lesbian couple realized that they weren't lesbians anymore. And so they broke up. And so I, I'm kind of thinking that she's probably leaning towards that of like, well, if you're gay, you're just confused or it's a lie from the devil. But I want to know what she would say to somebody like Christopher Yon. Um, and if you don't know who he is, uh, Christopher Yon is um, a Christian speaker and he identifies as gay. And um, he came to our church a few, few months ago. It was last year sometime. Um, but basically he came and he like told his story. And about how he like grew up and what he ended up like getting into the fact that he got arrested and he went to federal prison and just this really, really interesting life experience and where he has landed is that he is gay. Like that is, that is his sexual orientation. He will never be attracted to a woman. He is gay, but he is choosing to be celibate. And so whether or not you, like, think that that's the way to go or you agree with his choices or whatever, that's his experience. So I just wonder what Brittany would say to somebody like him. Would she tell him that his experience is totally wrong and that he just has a devil in him, like a devil of homosexuality, and so he needs to be delivered? And then once he gets delivered, he'll want to marry a woman. Like, is she going to tell this man with this lived experience, this man who is a very, loud christian who travels the world telling people how he went from selling drugs like on a massive level to going to federal prison to now being a a christian speaker and author and just explaining his faith journey and where he's at and what he believes is right for his life based on his faith is she gonna look at him and be like you're wrong (laughs) the way that you feel about men like the attraction that you feel to men it's just a lie from the devil We can get rid of that. If you let us pray it out of you, we can do it. Like, I don't know. (laughs) She
2: probably would. Try to steal, kill, and destroy what God has planned for you, which is a husband if you're a woman and a wife if you're a man. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, there's, gosh, I feel like there's so many. And yet, one of the most prominent
0: figures in the Bible, Paul, was celibate. And he didn't get married. But yeah, of course, every every man deserves a wife and every woman should want a husband.
2: Little rabbit holes we could go off of with this because it is such a big topic. And it it breaks my heart that the church is not talking about this more because I feel like, I mean, statistically speaking, I feel like more of the church is struggling with this than not or has struggled yeah. with this than not. And it's yeah. just going left unaddressed and people need to be set free. People need to know that there's hope and that there is freedom on the other side. Because if I'm being mm-hmm. honest, and I'm sure you felt this way, there was a time in my life, in my twenties, when I was like, is this just going to be something I struggle with my whole life? Like, is this going to be something that I'm going to have to hide from my future husband? Or yeah. I'm going to have to tell him and he's just going to have to be okay with it. Like, those are real thoughts that cross my mind. And like, thank the Lord that he set me free before I even met my husband. And I'm so grateful for that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But I also know that I have an incredible husband who, even if I relapsed back into that for one time, you know, which he, he would love me through that and he would yeah. help pull me out of that through the Lord's love and through the way that God loves us because he loves Mm -hmm. me the way that God asks him to. And so Mm -hmm. that in itself, like when you have that kind of husband, you're like, I could never because of the way that he so gently loves me. Like I never want to just like, you know, dishonor him or whatever. Um, that was kind of off on a little, like I said, there's so many little rabbit trails we could go down with this. This is such a big conversation. Um, but, yeah, is there anything – I definitely want to honor your time. I know we've been going for about 30 minutes already, which is crazy.
1: Is there anything
2: <laughs> that you feel like the Holy Spirit's highlighting that you want to share? Um, or maybe just tell people just to encourage them out of this stronghold.
0: Okay, so that was another ad. This time for another podcast called Sage Reverie, which I had never heard of before.
1: Yeah. Um, gosh, there's so much I could say. Yeah, <laughs> but, same. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, I think the biggest thing for me, and I was talking to my husband about this, um, because I was, I was feeling a tug as I, we got closer to today. I was like, Oh my gosh, like, should I, should I share like the, the depths of that sin? Should I yeah. share the details? Um, I think my biggest thing is just be obedient to the Lord. Um he's not calling everyone to come forward on a podcast or on a public stage or just to a lot more people at once necessarily about this. Um, the way the Lord worked in my heart was um, by presenting opportunities of one-on-one like dinner dates with some of my girlfriends and, um, acquaintances and women I was meeting. He was giving me the opportunity to share the sin, um, because it either directly or indirectly resonated with those women, um, who were dealing with sins in their life. They were being very quiet about that. They had been redeemed from for years, but, um, you could tell was still ca- causing the guilt and the shame.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and so just be obedient where the Lord's calling you to share it. And I think Brittany thinks if
0: she whispers, she sounds more sincere and
1: impacted and tears are probably going to come up. Um, but when we're obedient in that, like I truly and wholeheartedly believe that our obedience leads to not only our breakthrough but breakthrough for others, and yes. that is dom- domino effects. The same way a quote unquote generational curse can domino effect for generations mm-hmm. if left unhealed, like so can obedience. Wow,
2: um, I just got because chills.
1: I like had I still think about it to this day, and I pray that this gal listens to this episode. I'll probably send it to her um, because there was an op- like an opportunity for me to um, come forward about this probably like five years ago at a dinner with a friend who was kind of hinting at like playing house with her friends at a young age and it leading to early masturbation and then porn and sexual sin throughout her life. And um, the Lord told me in that moment, like, share your experience. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. And I can't tell you how often that encounter pops into my head. Wow. I, I I wouldn't say it's caused me guilt or shame, but I I truly wonder could that have led to breakthrough for her in that moment if I would have been obedient in sharing? Wow. Because I think yeah, you posted something recently that was like okay, it may be tea for you, mm-hmm. but that's my testimony, yeah. and I'm proud of it. You know, and I'm like finally at this place where I'm like I. I have been set free. I have been redeemed. Yeah. Praise God. You know, I have wholeheartedly on my knees repented yeah. for those sins and turned away from them and never gone back. And it is so freeing. Um, and now I feel like the Lord through all of that has equipped me to share it yeah. on a larger scale. Um, but for some people, that's just sharing it with your spouse yeah. so that you can feel set free. That's just sharing it with a friend Yeah. that maybe you can just sense has experienced something similar. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not even they're like fully coming out and being like, I did this when I was little. It's like, you can just kind of sense it. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, if you allow, again, if you're obedient and you allow the Holy Spirit to guide and direct that conversation, he will present an opportunity if he wants you yeah, to talk about it, you know? And so, yeah, that's, that's, probably, that. that's probably what I'd leave it with.
2: <laughs> that's so good. That? It's so true because we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And that is like my one scripture. I think it's revelation 13 that I just, I always quote that because you never know. Like it, I got chills when you said that generational curses can be a domino effect, but so can being free from bondage. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you're right. Like th- that's that's why I think I'm just always s- praying that the the church would speak on these things because it could yeah. truly break off so many generational curses that are going to be passed down for years to come if it yeah. doesn't stop with us. And I, I just love that you said that. That's so true. It's so good. Yeah. Anyone that is listening to this, that um, which is probably a good majority of women that have either struggled with pornography, masturbation, sexual sin of any kind. Like, I mean, I I hate saying it, but statistically speaking, again, that's pretty much everyone in some capacity and, um, just finding the courage to, to share it, to share your story Mm -hmm. with someone. It doesn't like, like Maddie said, it doesn't have to be on a microphone or social media. Like, I think there is a time and a place to do that yeah um, and I definitely would not advise anyone to share their story until the Lord asks them to yeah um which is why I was silent for four years. I was like, oh yeah this is a long time but it was very timely and God knows who needs to hear it and he will put you in front of those people and I just I love that even through this you're gonna be able to send this episode to that girl and mm-hmm. just how sweet like she's gonna get to hear the depths of your heart and Mm -hmm. what you went through in your testimony with this and how the Lord set you free and delivered you. Mm -hmm. And, um, I I just, I strongly believe that there's going to be women that are truly, they come to the other side of, of their sin with this, with you sharing Mm -hmm. your heart. And I just applaud you for that because it is so hard. Um,
0: so I definitely think there's value in what Maddie said about being open and vulnerable and sharing things that, A lot of people um, in religious spaces tend to feel pretty uncomfortable sharing. I think that that can be a really powerful thing to do, but I think that Brittany is kind of just repeating what Maddie just said in different words, so I don't really have much more to add on that part.
2: January, like when again, when I found out, I never thought that I would be sharing that publicly. (laughs) I feel
0: like so much of this has been about Brittany and her experience as opposed to Maddie sharing her testimony and maybe maybe this was more supposed to be just like a casual conversation of both of them um, like sharing their experiences regarding masturbation but if you're a regular follower of Britney's content then chances are you've heard her experience regarding this before because she has shared it on the podcast and so I don't know, I guess I thought it would be more of hearing from Maddie and her experiences and like um, maybe, I don't I don't know, I'm trying to think of like what I would have liked to have heard because I know that she had said that at some point she got intentional about what she wanted in a husband and then her husband helped her with a lot of the things that she was struggling with, but I don't know, if, like more details into that would be good. Did you... I don't know, like, was it was it hard for her to stop looking at porn? Was it difficult for her to commit to one person? Did she struggle with her self-worth when she decided to be monogamous? And that's not me trying to be like, you should feel bad and you should be guilty and it should have been hard for you to stop doing those things and start new habits. It's just like, well, if you struggled with those things, chances are somebody else probably did too. So maybe it would be helpful if you, like, talked about it and shared what you went through from that perspective or like in regards to that part of your story because then someone else might be like oh shoot like I'm not alone in here okay cool like there's somebody else who knows how I feel
2: <laughs> and mm-hmm. curveball the lord always asks you to do what's not comfortable and oh yes also <laughs> it probably makes you look crazy to some and I'm like you know what hey if if they want to like shun me for speaking out about this. Like, I don't care because it just set five women free, you know, and yeah. that's, that's five families that are going to be free from this for generations to mm. come. And um, Amen. yeah, so I just, I applaud you, Maddie. I know that was a lot to pour your heart out and to share that and to, to be vulnerable and feel probably a little uncomfortable at times. Yeah. Um. But I just know the Lord is going to do so much with your obedience. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate you. Where can everyone find you before we wrap this up? I want them to be able to connect with you on social media.
1: Yeah. So main place is my Instagram and that's Maddie M A D I E underscore Burke B U R K E. That's actually my maiden name, um, <laughs> but that's the the best place to find me. Um, and I'm just, if any of you are walking through this, have questions um please do not hesitate to reach out. Yeah. I will of course keep your messages um like private. private. Mm-hmm. Um but I just I want women to feel encouraged to open up especially if they don't have anybody that they can turn yeah. to.
2: Yeah, that's so good. It is so um, it's so important to have someone that you can trust. And I love that you just opened up your platform like that. So yeah, if any of you guys are struggling with this, um, and you need someone to talk to Maddie's, you're just such an incredible friend and sister. And I know we've never met in person, but I can Thank just you. spirit recognizes spirit and you just seem like such a safe person. And so anyone that's struggling with this, I'm going to put all of her information down in the show notes. And you guys can go connect with her over on Instagram. Well, thank you so thank much, you Maddie, for being here. And again, I just I applaud you for your vulnerability. Thank you. It's never easy speaking about your struggles, much less bringing them.
0: Oh, they didn't do the bye like she does when she's with her friends. That's like my favorite part is signing off with them
2: out of the darkness and into the light. But the enemy festers in the darkness. He thrives behind closed doors where we can hide things from the world. If you're struggling with anything that we discussed today, I really want to encourage each of you that there is hope but that that hope can only be found in Jesus. There is nothing outside of his scope of love and he can mend every single broken piece. If you're struggling with anything that we discussed, I pray that you find the courage to go confide in someone, maybe a friend or a counselor, but just share and voice these struggles. That alone right there is one of the best first steps to processing everything with the Lord. As always, I hope that this message left you feeling seen and heard and encouraged encourages you to draw near to the Lord. Thank you so much for being here, and I will see you guys next Tuesday morning.
0: Okay, bye. And with that, we are at the end of Brittany's podcast episode. As per usual, you heard all of my thoughts all throughout this video, and now I want to hear yours. Any thoughts, feelings, opinions that you had and you want to share, you can leave them in the comments section if you're watching this on YouTube or in the Q&A section for this episode if you are listening to the podcast on Spotify. And while you are sharing your thoughts, if you would consider leaving the podcast a rating or a review or liking the video and subscribing to my channel, that would be incredible. If you have done any of those things already, thank you so much. I am so appreciative of you, and I love being able to just sit here, hang out with you, and talk about whatever. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Please be kind to people, and I will see you in the next one. Bye!